the word empty the mind. So empty the mind, uh, meaning just disregard whatever it is that is um, featuring inside the space of ourself, as though it's link. It's a link to something, a memory or an idea or an identity. So, so I mean empty mind. I mean not don't. Uh, be, be aware of that, because it seems always, in the waking state, the attention is habituated to being in some kind of gear with the mind, some thought or some feeling, or it's, it's, it's like it does it by itself. Maybe it's a habit. And there's the awareness of that. With like the awareness of that, uh, some aspect of awareness, is uh, well some aspect of the sense of being than the pure awareness is engaged to some degree with the mental activity of identity and all of that. So this is the usual what I'd call kind of static mm. that is present within the mind, present as mind, let's say, within mind, because mind is not a, an object container, it is the very flow of, the, of thoughts and uh, like that. So being aware of that right now, and um, so in being aware of it, so dismissing that or discarding that, you know, consciously, because for the most part, it is, as mo- it is as though we're not getting anything from that, but there is a willingness to tolerate the static field. When I say static, I don't mean stagnant or unmoving. It's, it's a kind of thoughts jumping around, like you know, energies of thoughts. And you can pick up on, any, on them any time, and they can lead you to some link, like link to this and link to that. So if this now, um, there's an awareness of this, see if we are able to mm, let's see if we are able to mm, see if I can find the words now. To only be self-aware at the level, self-aware meaning the the contentless awareness, because um, that is a stable space in which the the noise of the mind or the static of um, the the mind flow is somehow. You know, it's only flowing because it is, it is observed to be, and by observing to be, it perpetuates, because something is admitting that the mind is like this. Yesterday I spoke, she spoke, like say, as an example of a situation that she was in, whereby 
she was uh, starting a new job in a new post in a place where um, the thinking was not very progressive. And she's brought there. I say, you're brought there by the will of God. It's a work that has to be done there. But um, because of the strong and very dry emotional climate and the sense that things were not harmonious or supportive of art energy, there was something about, you know, then she said, then the the old idea of the person, of my personal self, come back, is seeming strong, and this personal self is, is seeking warmth and seeking like this. Mm-hmm. So I could see in this moment we could go down this road and talk about the remedy remedy for that, but something sliced in very sharply, and said your person does not exist. It doesn't exist. You know, doesn't matter how persistent it seems to appear. No. It only lives with belief and with interest or with habit. So it felt it was necessary to just say, to tell you the truth, rather than the half truth or the quarter truth that it doesn't exist. So then you know the choice is with you. Then okay, so do I tell you more about it? No, I don't want to hear about it. I mean, can you take that it doesn't exist? And I felt I could speak with her like that because she has that calibre of earnestness and and uh, introspectiveness to 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 hear those words in that very cool clarity, and she could said thank you, thank you, yes, I, I, I'm with that. So you don't indulge, not indulge, because when you touch one, it becomes two, and then three, four, five, and two million. So that kind of medication is given to one who can really, um, I would say, um, embrace that idea. It's like uh, um, it's like throwing salt and ice immediately dis- dissolve it. Similarly, I'm saying, like, discard all this mental thing because we tolerate it, and the very tolerating of it is our habit that um, perpetuate the, the the idea because something feels that it's just the way things are. How can you turn off your mind or whatever? Mm-hmm. You can turn away from it, and that exercise is very important to um, to sort of pull in your legs, as it were. You imagine like a a turtle, you know, under attack. You just pull the head, the legs, everything gets pulled into the shell. Um, So uh, I don't know if that's I don't know if that's a bit too clumsy or too instructive, but to isolate this activity from that which is there, because the root awareness can never be stained. It's not that. It is confused or combined with the mind stuff. It's quite different, you know. It's like the space in this room has got nothing to do with the curtains or the chair. You know, they can be there. If we say that the ornaments, the furnitures in the room, you know, in this what we call a room, 
they are not the space. In our world, we say, yes, you know, the space is a bit cluttered. But space in its purity cannot be cluttered. It doesn't move over to allow something to be in it. Anything can be in it, but it doesn't become less or more. So if I were to say, um, let's disregard anything else, anything that is a movement or a function, I have to disregard that now. We will not speak of it. We will not give it that level of credibility to say, yeah, it's worthy of you know of looking at it. Chop. That which remains immutable or unalterable, unchanging, whatever it is now. So pure it is that there is not even you in it. You are it. Now, when that is somehow acknowledged by the consciousness that when I say I, only the I which is of the the form of consciousness is true. Any I, any other usage of I associated with form is unreal and binds us to, to time and life and death and so on. That I alone is real, which is synonymous as consciousness. Consciousness has no shape, has no measurement, has no limitation. It cannot be described, not even as space. Space is the most useful term that we can use, because it's kind of contentless. But it is not adequate totally. Um, it can be a bit of a metaphor or kind of a pointing to, to what I mean by the pure awareness. It is not that, because space also can be perceived. It's not space that perceives awareness. And awareness is not the space which is included in one of the five fundamental elements that uh, manifest the phenomenal world. So space is only the, 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 the purest concept we can use uh, that indicates what awareness is. No one can do anything to help awareness. It cannot be altered, cannot be changed by any biological or concrete functioning. So it cannot die, it cannot live, it cannot procreate, it cannot be altered, it cannot be used. It's way beyond the range of conceptual um, implications. You know. That awareness is what you are called to acknowledge. See, language really fails, because, say, you being who called to it, you may say, in the, in the play of the 
um, Saguna Brahman consciousness, which what I mean by this is the dynamic field, the phenomenal field, the manifest field of consciousness, wherein there is the, the play of interrelated opposites, and uh, the perceiving consciousness, the perceiving standpoint, uh, the, the instrumental consciousness, the mind, and the entity that exists in the mind uh, are all kind of consecrated. The entity in the mind being the I in the subtle form of uh, autonomy or autonomous uh, sense of individuality or personhood, that we can see that and be clear that that also is apparent. The pure awareness is not apparent. If it is apparent, to whom is it apparent? Meaning, it did not appear. Because it did not appear, every other appearance is, is perceivable. When things began to appear, the consciousness was already here. That pure awareness not the instrumental consciousness that manifests the mind and the proliferation of uh, phenomenal uh, manifestations, but the immutable, the untouched one, the one I refer to as the, the ineffable one. Where is he placed to speak of him? He is beyond gender, he is neither he nor she. Where is he located to speak of him? And who is the speaker? In is it is the speaker of the Absolute One a relative of the Absolute One? Is the commentator about the Absolute uh, set apart from the Absolute? This is the this is the 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 subtlety of uh, uh, the um, of that contemplation, which must combust into the, the destruction of ignorance. So, in its most practical application, if you can say, if it is not allowed to engage with any, any concept or feeling, sensation, or any form, perceiving them to be appearances, they appear. Even the very body that we feel is the house of consciousness, itself is appearing in the consciousness at a more subtle level. I said before, when you can bear and be uh, the emptiness, uh, uh, that really is, you are free. But who is bearing in emptiness? You see, language is only a step, because um, a step was part of the, the necessary concepts created by God to give the illusion of change and otherness, time, shape, space, like that. 
So, in, because we, meaning the self, in its dream of, uh, of variation, variety, as a factual thing, and not as a dreamed thing, the belief in our uniqueness and individuality based upon the body, the body form, we believe that, we, that we are that, then that concept is binding. That concept is binding. It means that for, for, the, for as long as, as our attention emanates from that, con- from that, uh, that concept of ourself, we will have to live in the, under the jurisdiction of that, of that concept. You know? So when I say now, just leave everything, leave everything aside. I mean, don't pick up anything, because anything you touch is going to bind you to time and link you to another concept. And so the trafficking, uh, conceptual trafficking, that actually amounts to um, a misting of consciousness, which gives the illusion that we can be separate from the wholeness, which of course we cannot be. But the belief in individuality is itself the, the, the illusion that uh, gives us a sense of being lost or bound to limitations and phenomenality. So then if we can leave this, if we leave it now, even now, is it possible that it can be confirmed that if we don't try to fight with the waves of the ocean, like simply the thought, uh, the thought functioning, the emotional uh, functioning, the sensational functionings, they carry on. But in spite of their apparent uh, movement, they don't uh, mask the unmoving. They may even help to, to in, the, in the self-recognition of it. If I say remain as that, um, implying that there's a choice even, and yet because we are experiencing uh, uh, the sense of individuality and we are in the, the realm of uh, duality, something unavoidably feels it needs to do something to be that. Uh, it has to achieve something. Um, and it, it's, it's a very natural uh, mistake to happen. The, the other way around is simply that there's a removal of ignorance. Ignorance being the idea that we are merely our body, body-mind, which is not easily to accept, easy to accept. One's consciousness um, takes on the role of individuality and personhood. It's like... Uh, it's like it's it's choking by its own hand. It's it's choking it by its own hand, suffocating itself with its own hand. Is that watchable? Yes. From where is it watched? 
Is there any choking in the place where the, the sense of suffocation is perceived? Uh, that place. And even this is kind of saying too much, actually. When will it come that uh, we can say, why you speak about these things when they don't exist? Why would you speak about your mind and leaving and, and doing this and becoming so? Why do you speak about these things knowing that they are just the junk, of, junk food of the mind? They don't exist. Can we say that and be, be fundamentally, uh, quintessentially uh, true, not in a moment of uh, emotional fervour or something, but like it's true consistently, even at a point when there's great pain in the body and there's one, ah, is it still true? It is true. It is true. I am also in the body, experiencing a bodily existence. My knowing also that I am not the body, it does not um, exempt me from the pain that, that, that is felt. It may exempt me from the sense of suffering, but the pain is accessible, is acceptable. It may have the effect of reducing the impact of the, of the pain, because the one who interprets pain, and even call it suffering, that one is diminishing under the, the full power of my introspection, that reveals to me that the one I am speaking as myself does not exist. Even if it appears to exist in the mind of otherness. Otherness doesn't exist also. But otherness can only be confirmed if I, as one, does not exist for there to be two, as one individual, as one person. Because I cannot say that I am one person and other persons don't exist. If I am one person, then seven and a half billion others exist. But if my personhood is itself false, then none of this really exists. They are only apparent, meaning that they are inside the play, the, the dream of God. Yeah. But still the call is present to, to honour the Nyagun Brahman. What is that to honour it? Who is to honour it? It looks like Sagun cannot exist without Nyagun. And there will be no Nyagun to speak of without Sagun to, to recognise it. it. It is just there, it is just there, it is just here. You know? Everything that we pursue, we pursue has some quality has some substance that we want. To pursue something means it has something that you want. Who is the one who pursues Nyagun and for what reason? And can anybody receive Nyagun? It's just that the one who is being called to into Nyagun, uh, it dries up. It dries up, but still remains. Somehow, I don't know how it is. 
Is there any sadness in what I speak? No. Because it only can take you beyond the senses and mind, identity. Um, something came out of my mouth once, I want to take you beyond heaven. Mm. I don't know why I said that, and I do. What is? I feel heaven is uh, mm, is within my I am. You know, and uh, so I'm I'm living on the juice, heavenly juice, at the moment, actually. It's part of the joy of being in the world. Satchidananda is a kind of heavenly state. One has a sense of being and enjoying the highest phenomenality. Because if heaven is a place, um, or in a more subtle way, it's a state. If it's a place, it's going to be a place for those who have strong identity with the body, but are virtuous. So we want to enjoy what will be in heaven, because if heaven is made out of um, you know metal and rubber, you're not going to like it. It has to be that it has to be something conducive to um, and attractive to the, the, to the to the human spirit. No? So what we like, I don't know, is heaven a fixed place that everybody is going to, you know, nature. Some people don't like nature. They don't particularly. They not. They live in a city. Can you be in a city and be a righteous being? Of course you can be. What would your heaven going to look like? I don't know. Is it going to be totally depending upon the orientation of your own mind and programming, the kind of heaven that you will live in? Just like our life on earth is completely lived inside our mind. Where does life in heaven lived? So I don't know. I don't know. Sometimes I think I'm walking on very, on very shaky ground. But something compels to to look. If there is a landscape in heaven, in heaven, if it's a form, does it evolve? Does it grow? Do they lose leaves? Do the trees lose their leaves? Do they always stay bright and green? Is there a need for them to grow? Is it static? Do the beings evolve? You know. So I I don't know. I just feel like if you. Uh, it feels much more true if it's a state. It's much more universal. You know. And yet states are also perceived. Because even if they're on a higher realm of seeing, they must be perceivable. As in the case of the eggs the story I told about the Yogini. And that uh, you know, even the most beautiful thing is still phenomenal, it's still a taste. It's still a taste. It was tasty. It was wonderful, but it cannot be what I am, because I'm the one perceiving it. The taste will keep on coming. If we go for them, then you stabilize at that place for a while. If you don't go for them, you can elevate and evolve beyond them. But what is the impetus for evolving beyond anything? For what purpose? When each thing has a sweetness, everything has a certain taste, has a certain joy. And when we are in the state of personhood, which is very, very strongly attached to the senses, we are attracted to the fruit of the senses. 
all these things, they, 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 they were there, fascinating and troubling and enticing to, to not speculate, but to contemplate them. And yet, at the same time, if I contemplate upon anything, will it ever be as good as contemplating upon myself? When you can contemplate the contemplator, what will be the result, you see? If I can observe the one uh, observing, if the one who observes even the most subtle things is perceivable, uh, what, what is revealed in that? What is it that perceives that one even? Considering that all things, uh, uh, contemplation, meditation is is uh, held before us as the highest, uh, the highest and most subtle uh, activity of uh, human consciousness. But perceive it. What is aware of meditation, contemplation, and the intention of meditation? And who is the meditator? And in seeking, seeking what will really be meditating for? And can we come to that resolution? The contemplator is seeking what he is. So, I just share a little bit of these things. We say that the eyes see, but it's the mind that sees. It's the mind that sees the eyes seeing. Hmm? And mind uh, is a is a medium and uh, a function for interpreting things. It's very subjective. It's its perception is very subjective. No? So it cannot perceive something and hold it as a fact, meaning that if it's a fact for it, it must be a fact for everybody. As a fact means it's stable. It doesn't matter what the perspective, what the point of view is, um, it will still be perceived by that. Is there any fact like that existing? Even to say something is apparent is not necessary. You know, that's very subtle. But it's only apparent if there's interest. See, these things are not meant for us to go and say, OK, go and figure it out, and all this kind of stuff. I don't know. Uh, they are an instant transmission of something. Because if the Self is uh, universal and everywhere present, how can I take it from there and put it in here? I can't move it from one place and give it to another, because it's already there. So why does one say, well, it's not, it's not here yet? It's not even like an email that you say sent and it hasn't arrived. It's not hanging out someplace in the ether. You know, it's everywhere. So, what obscures it? The cloud of ignorance. Uh, that we believe it to be, be something that is transportable. When it arrives, you'll say, Yes, I got it. But it is there before you even had the idea that it 
could be found. This is the paradoxes, you see. And human beings in our consciousness have to become so refined, refined through love, through respect, through curiosity, all of these generated by the grace of God. To, to have the urge to seek Him out other than, other than His creation. And He, first of all, uh, as the unitive whole, wholeness, and then the, in the final stages to find out if He and you are different. And that feels like walking on the edge of blasphemy. Well, if He is He, as a He, phenomenally, we have a problem. But if He is everything and I, we don't have a problem. Not I in the sense that one can say, does I and God are the same. It's not about same. I and God are equal. It's not equal. That which is and I are one, that is different. Meaning one harmony. Equality means two. That's arrogance. Separate means two, divided. That's also arrogance and ignorance. But harmony is understanding. So, that's what I find coming up right now. The highest point of recognition, uh, your agenda should not matter, your agenda should not matter, your religion should not matter, your conditioning should not happen. Your you should not matter, actually. We say that is a kind of space. Is the space apart from the perceiver of space? What kind of space is it? Is it, is it, a, is it an elemental space? Or the spiritual space of that is spirit also? I don't even want to call this something. I don't even want to call this kind of thing food. Because God doesn't need food. This body is a food body. It means that other things can eat this body. And this thing can eat other food bodies. So, you know. And the one you take yourself to be, who feel I can perceive, I perceive others, you know. But you're not different from them because the other you perceive as a form also is able to perceive you. Are you able to perceive what they are perceiving? You know. So it's one perceiving, uh, you know, playing through all these different the, the forms. You take the forms to be so, so important. And uh, we're not done with that yet, actually. Somehow we're still squeezing out what we can get out of the farm. You know, so much kind of experience you can get out of them.
Are we good? Mm.